Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God which engages us is the epistle lesson read previously, thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, Bernard Ebers stood before the judge and asked for mercy. Ebers was the former CEO of WorldCom who had orchestrated an $11 billion accounting fraud which, which later led to the, 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 the falling apart of that company. And yet, he was asking for mercy. At that point, it was the largest bankruptcy in U.S. history, causing tremendous pain and suffering to thousands of employees and their families, and yet he was asking for mercy. His defense attorney also argued for mercy, pointing to the 169 letters that had been received in Ebers' support, some of them referencing Everson's heart trouble, some of them referencing his extensive charitable work. Ebers' defense attorney ended his argument by saying, if one lives a 60-plus-odd year of life and the rest of one's record is unblemished, and if one can amass an endless stream of people attesting to your goodness, doesn't that count? Doesn't that count for something? Evers received no mercy from the judge. He was found guilty and was sentenced to 25 years in a federal penitentiary. Indeed, you and I and countless other people are at least tempted to use that same kind of logic that Ebers' attorney used in trying to justify our standing before God and arguing to receive mercy from him based upon our own righteousness. The argument goes something like this. I know I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But yet, I've tried to lead a good life. I always try to do the good thing the right thing, and I know that I have helped a great number of people along the way. Doesn't that count? Doesn't that count for something? Even Martin Luther reasoned this way as a young monk in a monastery. He knew he wasn't perfect, far from it. In fact, he obsessed over his sins, confessing them hours on end to his father confessor. And he even did things such as fasting for days at a time, physically beating himself, staying up all night in prayer, and staying up all night outside in the cold, thinking that all those things might add up to something. They might count for something before God, and God might give him more mercy as a result. But Martin Luther never found the peace of mind and the peace of his soul that he was looking for and seeking after. And that shouldn't surprise us, should it? For any attempt to justify ourselves before God can only end up being an act of futility. Scripture calls the righteousness that we would present to God filthy rags. And as James reminds us, if we are guilty of breaking just one portion of God's law, we are guilty of breaking all portions 
of God's law. In our epistle lesson for today, Paul takes us into what might be called a cosmic courtroom, a courtroom where the whole world is held accountable before God, a courtroom that Paul describes as one where every mouth is stopped. There is no pleading your case. There is no trying to justify yourself before God. Paul describes it very clearly when he says, by the works of the law shall no human being be justified in his sight. No human being. And don't expect any mercy from the law either. The law can only show us our sin. The law can only convict us of our sin. In fact, if left by our, to our own devices to stand before a righteous and just God on the last day, our condition indeed would be hopeless. Again, Paul summarizes it so well. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ah, but there is some mercy to be found in this cosmic courtroom. Paul speaks of a righteousness that comes from outside of us. He speaks of a righteousness that has been made known or revealed apart from the law. He speaks of a righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. And indeed, this righteousness is only possible through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is the one whom the Father sent to do what no mere human being could do, to keep all of God's law perfectly and to live the, the sinless life that none of us can live, and then to turn around and offer that same sinless life in order to redeem us, to purchase us, to make us his own. And just as the entire world is held accountable in that cosmic courtroom, so also the blood shed by Jesus Christ applies to the entire world. For Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And all of this, this perfect, pristine righteousness of Christ is given to us as a free gift by God through faith in Jesus Christ. Ah, but before you start thinking that perhaps we manufacture this faith, we come forth with this faith, no, that also is the working of God. Specifically, it is the work of the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God, or water and word, when we come to baptism, that creates and sustains this faith in Jesus Christ, through which we get the righteousness of Christ. Are you beginning to see a pattern here? When it comes to our forgiveness, when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to our righteousness, when it comes to our standing before God, God does it all. We are passive. God does it all. 504 years ago on this day, Martin Luther nailed up 95 theses or 95 statements on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg, Germany. 
They were 95 statements that he wanted to debate with anyone. And with that act, the Reformation had been launched. Now, the Reformation had many different twists and turns, but the core issue, the very central core issue was, how am I made right with God? And a companion question, is there anything I do to help make myself right with God? And as we have discussed thus far, the answer to that second question is a resounding no. God does it all. He makes the righteousness possible through his son, Jesus Christ. He creates the faith that is like an open, extended hand in which that gift of God is given to us. And indeed, it is that righteousness that is given to us as a gift. How well Paul puts it in the very last verse of our epistle lesson for today. For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Notice Paul did not say, we hold that a man justifies himself by faith. No, again, we are passive. We hold that a man is justified or declared to be righteous in the sight of God by faith. And not just any faith, but faith and trust in Jesus Christ for forgiveness and everlasting life apart from any works. Or in another spot in Scripture, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9, Paul repeats the very same promise to us again. He says, It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, not because of works, lest anyone should boast. Notice again, Paul did not write, For it is by grace that you have saved yourself. It is by grace that you have been saved. Again, God does it all, and we are passive, simply on the receiving end of his grace, his undeserved love and mercy for us, and what that grace gives us, righteousness in his sight. Nobody appreciated this more in his life than did Martin Luther. Martin Luther went from that very insecure monk who was very unsure about his salvation and his standing before God, to one who was sure and solid in his faith, convicted of his standing before God with all confidence. What changed Luther from one to the other? The fact that he realized that his standing before God is not his doing, and it does not depend on him. It's God's doing, and it depends on God. Therefore, it is sure and it is certain. On February 18, 1546, as Martin Luther lay on his deathbed, not in Wittenberg, as you might imagine, but in the town of his birth, Eisleben, Germany, he again was there because he was requested to come and settle dispute between his brothers. Shortly after he died, there was a small piece of paper found in one of his pockets, and on that piece of paper, Luther scribbled the words, We are all beggars. This is true. Even at that point in his life, when he had all the fame that he did, even when his, his name would have been a household name all the way through Germany and on, 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 beyond that to Europe itself, even at that point, he knew his spiritual standing, just 
a beggar before God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, that is our standing before God as well. Spiritually, just beggars before God. But thanks be to God that he has given generously to us. He continues to give generously to us. And he will continue to give generously to us on into eternity. For that is our good and gracious God, the God who does it all for us. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.